This podcast is from Christian Chapel in Tulsa, Oklahoma. For more information, visit us online at christianchapel.com. Hey, Christian Chapel, today we are wrapping up our series on community. Over the past six weeks, we've talked about what it means for us to be made in the image of God and how that includes a connection to Jesus and a connection to each other. We've also talked about how it's our responsibility to work out what it means to live in community with each other. So it means we have to work to take our place here and we have to work to help others take their place here with us as well. Today, we're going to finish by talking about what it means to be a multi-generational community. Pastor Titus Schmidt, our youth pastor, and Pastor Amy Byler, our children's pastor, are going to team teach with me today to help us see how we have a high and holy calling to do everything we can to make sure we're a multi-generational community. What that means is we have to make investments in the community coming behind us. Christian Chapel has always been a multi-generational church. From our founding in 1974, we have placed a heavy emphasis on ministry to kids, to teenagers, to college students, and to young adults. That emphasis is not just a a form of church babysitting or a belief that we have to make it easy or, or somehow give up everything we like for the sake of those coming after us. But instead, it's a belief that the church is supposed to be a generationally diverse group of people. We are not designed to be one common group of people who like the same things, who do the same things, who go to bed at the same time, who eat the same food and listen to the same music. But instead, we're designed to be a church where there are grandmas and grandpas, where there are moms and dads, where there are young adults and teenagers and children and babies. We are supposed to celebrate all of life together. And to do that is not just the result of being true to some of our founding principles as a local church, but to do that is actually us living out what the scriptures teach us. In Psalm 145, David talks to us about the responsibility of one generation to a next. Psalm 145 verse 4 says, One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. When David is writing this, he is presenting us with the responsibilities of a generation who goes before and shares with those coming behind them and a generation who receives from those who are going before them and personalizes their relationship with Jesus. Now, before we make application today, I think we need to stop and and ask one big question, and that's who is the older generation? At Christian Chapel, the older generation includes everyone who's in the room this morning. There's no age minimum to be part of the older generation. You don't have to be retired. You don't have to be a grandparent. You don't have to have gray hair like me. You, as long as there is someone in the local church who's younger than you, you're part of the older generation. So, I mean, if you want, you can look at someone next to you this morning and just tell them you're old. And whether they're a 13-year-old junior high student who's just joined us this year out of Chapel Kids, or if you are actually the oldest person in the room, we are all the older generation and we all have a responsibility to those who are coming behind us. 
In Psalm 145, David gives us two primary ways that we are responsible for the generation coming behind us. The first he tells us in verse four is it's our responsibility to tell God's stories. He says, one generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. And so my job as part of the older generation, your job as part of the older generation is to tell the stories of God to those who are coming behind us. That means we're going to tell the stories of the scriptures. We're going to know them and we're going to teach them to those who are coming after us. We're going to tell them our stories of God's provision, of God's salvation, of God's healing, of God's guidance, of God's deliverance. We don't just tell dry, dusty stories, but we tell spirit-inspired stories of how the things that happened in the scriptures have happened in our lives. And then we also tell them the stories of how God has been active in their lives. As a parent, I know there are ways that I have seen God move in the lives of my kids before they were old enough to remember what he did. And so it's my privilege to tell them about it. As a pastor, it's my privilege to tell the generations coming after me of all the good things that God has done at Christian Chapel, of all the good things that God is doing around the world. The second thing David tells us is we help the younger generations coming behind us by celebrating God's actions. He says, they celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. Our job as the older generation, in spite of how bad the world might look, in spite of how different it might be from when you were the age of those you're now investing in, in spite of how fearful you might be about what the future might hold, your job as an older believer, whether you're 13, 30, 40, 80, or 90, your job is always to identify the places that God is working in the world, to call them out, to celebrate them, and to point attention to them for those who are coming behind you. It's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to be negative. But as older generations who've learned to trust and follow Jesus, it's our job to call out and to celebrate the good things that God is doing. May we never be the older believers who are the the negative Nancys, the Debbie Downers, or, or whatever other phrase we want to use, who just bemoan how bad the world is and who make statements like, I'm so glad I'm not in your shoes right now. That's not our job. Our job is to tell the stories of the good things that God has done, to celebrate the good things that God is doing, and to point the attention of those who are coming behind us to the activity of the Holy Spirit in their life, in their world. We should be the biggest cheerleaders for the generation coming after us. We should be the ones assuring them and affirming to them that God is with them and God is for them. We should be the ones prophetically speaking into their lives that God has placed you here on on purpose and for a purpose. He knew you would live in this place. He knew you would live at that time. He knew you would be in that school. He knew you would be in that workplace. He knew you would have those kids. He knew you would face those problems and he has a plan for every one of them. And then our job is to celebrate as we begin to see God acting. Our job is to celebrate the answered prayers. Our job is to be the chief party throwers for those who are coming behind us. To invest in the next generation is, again, not just to take the position of a dry, dusty, old teacher, but it's our job to be the chief storytellers and the chief celebrators of all the good things that God is doing. 
At Christian Chapel, our next generation ministry are led by incredible men and women of God, not only our pastors, but so many of you who serve with them on a regular basis. I'm so excited this morning for you to hear from Pastor Amy and Pastor Titus. They're gonna come and share with you about how we are making every effort we can to build community in our chapel kids, to build community in our chapel youth, to build community in our chapel college students. After they share those things with us, I'm gonna come back at the end and share a final challenge to our parents and leaders about what we can do to partner with Pastor Amy and Pastor Titus to build community. But right now, will you please help me welcome Pastor Amy Byler. Well, good morning, everybody. Glad to see you. Glad to be here to speak to you this morning. I want to start, first of all, by sharing a scripture with you. Um, Psalm 133.1 says, How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. And we've learned a lot over the last few weeks about how important it is for us to do life together, to be um, walking alongside each other in community. That's not just for adults, but for kids too. And in fact, if we start now with our kids, it's going to be easier for them to do that as they transition into teenage years and into adulthood to continue that pattern. And so we start with them at the youngest age possible. And so this morning, I would like to share with you three ways that we build community in Chapel Kids. First one is that we have fun together. If kids aren't having fun, they're not going to come to church. And so if they're having fun together, they're going to grow closer to each other as well. And so if we have lots of different things we do at um, church here for Chapel Kids. We have carnivals. We have Sunday night groups, Sunday morning services, Wednesday night groups, all kinds of stuff. We have camps and retreats. And all of it has an element of fun to it. Some of them are more spiritual than others. Some of the events are more spiritual than others, but there's always an element of fun so that the kids can enjoy each other and enjoy their time with each other. And we see that when they get a taste of what that community is like, they want to be part of it more. We'll have times where we have kids that will come to, say, a mega camp, our VBS that we do in the summer. They might come for the first time ever, or maybe they've come to Chapel Kids maybe a couple times sporadically, but they get there and they, they get a taste of what it's like to be part of a community and they want more of that. And so we see that after those kinds of big events that they're a part of, they become more um, involved in the Chapel Kids uh, ministry and, and they want to be part of the community. Another thing that we do is um, Sunday nights, we have our um, home groups here, kids' home groups, while you guys have adult home groups. And this is not a time for us to babysit the kids while the adults have home groups. This is an intentional time for our kids to have fun together, to learn what it's like to be together. And our leaders, our kids' home group, they are group home group leaders on Sunday nights. And I don't know, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because it would be awkward. But I don't know if any of you guys are in a group with people that you wouldn't normally hang out with on, on a normal basis. Um, but our kids get to do that, have the opportunity as well. They're going to be in groups with kids that they don't really have a lot in common with. People that they wouldn't normally pick to hang out with. But it's good for them because they learn more about each other. They learn to hang out with each other. So if they come home and tell you, none of my friends were in my group, you can tell them that's actually good. Because you're getting to know new people. You're getting to expand your your, your um, circle of friends, your circle of community. 
And so that is something that we really want to do, an intentional time for them to have fun and learn more about each other. Um, the second way that we build the Chapel Kids community is that the kids get to do life together. Just like adults need to do life together, so do kids. And so they, they are, we allow them to, opportunities to be together. And not just to be together in a social environment, but also to be together in a spiritual environment. On Wednesday nights, we have Wednesday night groups and our kids are in discipleship groups that are smaller groups based on their ages and their genders. And they can really hang out with kids that are in the, kind of the same stage of life as them. And most of our amazing men and women that are, that are leading them, they, are, they do an amazing job. And most of them at the end of their, their time, they allow chimes for the kids to give prayer requests. And this is a really great opportunity for the kids to become more vulnerable with each other, to open up, to share a little bit more about their life and what's going on. And then just another chance for the kids to connect with each other on a spiritual level as they learn how to live out their faith, as they learn how to love God and to love others. And then on Sunday mornings, we do a chapel kids experience for the elementary and the preschools have a time. And all of it is a time where the kids are next to each other. They're learning together about God. They're learning together about his plans. They're being challenged together in their faith. They're, 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 giving, they're being given encouragement together. And all of it helps them to grow together in their faith in Jesus. And we've seen that when kids are consistently part of a Christian community, when they are together, they are worshiping together. That's our third thing that we really focus on in um, our chapel kids and building community is allowing them the, the time to worship together. And we see that the more involved they are, the, the more chances they're going to have to hear the Holy Spirit move in their hearts and move in their lives. And this happens a lot, we see, at kids' camp and retreats that we do because the kids are kind of, um, they're kind of unplugged from everything else going on in their lives. They're locked in on what God um, wants to have for them. They're really focused on seeking his face. And if you read through the book of Acts, you'll see that a lot of times— when the Holy Spirit did something, it was a corporate activity. It was a corporate event, and a lot of people benefited from it. A lot of people received the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit at the same time. And we see that work play itself out in our kids' ministry as well. So we'll have a kids' camp or we'll have a retreat, and the kids are all praying together. They're seeking God together. And a lot of times we see that when God moves, it affects more than just one child. It affects a lot of the children all at once. If you were to talk to any of our chapel youth kids now that are currently in chapel youth that went through the chapel kids program and you ask them to share a time that they were maybe at kids camp or a retreat and they felt like God spoke to them, almost all of their stories are going to start with, well, we, me and my friends were praying together or me and my cabin were praying together when, you know, fill in the blank and then they continue on with their story. But it happens in the context of community and these shared spiritual experiences that they have are beautiful and they, it binds them together in a really unique way that nothing else does. It also gives them the ability to remind each other of what God has spoken to them. And they can point back to that camp and they can tell their friend, remember when God did this? How cool was that? Remember what God said to you? Remember that dream you had that God said that God, that God gave you and it, and it gave you a vision for the future? So these are great things that the kids can do and they can, they can kind of mark it as a, as a moment in their life and they can have each other to remind themselves of it. And that happens in the context of a community of believers. You know, I want to tell you a quick story. I know two young men, they've been a part of Christian Chapel their whole life since they were babies. Um, and they've grown up here together. 
And for those who know them really well, would say they don't have a ton in common. They have different likes, different personalities. They have different things they're good at. They have different approaches to relationships, different approaches to school, but they are the closest of friends. And they have two things in common. One is that they love Jesus. And the other one is they have consistently been a part of a Christian community since they were babies. And not just from sitting next to each other on Sunday morning in Chapel Kids, 45 minutes to an hour a week is not enough to build community. But they invested in Wednesday night kids groups and Sunday night home groups, camps, retreats, carnivals, all the stuff. They were part of all of it. And it binds them together in a powerful way. They have had some very uh, meaningful, shared spiritual experiences. And so these kinds of things have made a bond with them that is different than anything else that they would ever experience to where now as they are growing up, you see them show up for each other in amazing ways. When one of them is celebrating, the other one shares in the victory. When one of them is hurting or down, the other one supports and prays for them. And so these kinds of things can only happen in the context of a community of believers who are, who are invested in getting together and hanging out and doing life together. And so when our kids, they're having fun together, they're being together, they're worshiping together, they're having these shared spiritual experiences. When all of that happens, it, it, the result is a community that's strong, one that is deep and meaningful and life-changing. So I'd like to invite you to pray with me for our chapel kids that they would continue to experience this community. And then Pastor Titus is going to come and share about the chapel youth. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that Christian Chapel has placed an emphasis on ministry to our children. Thank you for those who have served and given their lives and their hearts to help our kids learn about you. And Lord, I ask that you would just continue to build our chapel kids in their community. They would continue to experience the power of your Holy Spirit. They would continue to grow closer to each other and to you. We pray for more and more moments where these kids hear about your love, where they are experiencing your power and that they will continue to walk in it. And it would, it would result in a community that's strong and a community that is unwavering. God, we just ask that you would help all of us who lead these kids to lead with the power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Ann. Let's go ahead and give her a round of applause. Thank you. Thanks for bringing the word. She does such an amazing job with our children's ministry, and I've just learned so much from her as well as everybody on our pastoral staff. Um, my name is Titus Schmidt, and I have the absolute honor and privilege of serving as youth pastor here at Christian Chapel with my amazing wife, Rachel. And yes, yes. We, uh, we help oversee the 7th to 12th grade student ministry as well as the college ministry. Um, and so... As a pastor of young people, I am relatively young. I'm semi-young. But just so you know, at least in the eyes of some, specifically 7th to 8th graders in our youth group, I'm, I'm old. I mean, I was a teacher for 7th grade for three years. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, how do you guys think I am? I'm like, 40? 42? So uh, I just want to let you know that I, I can sympathize a little bit in that area. But it's such a pleasure for me to lead young people. And when it comes down to it in Chapel Youth and with Chapel College, there's three core beliefs that all of our leaders uh, get an orientation on and three core beliefs that we all believe as far as Chapel Youth is concerned as well as Chapel College. I'm going to say them one at a time and you're going to repeat after me a little, a little response action. Is that okay this morning? Awesome. 
First one is love. love. Second one is serve. serve. The third is know. No. Awesome. There we go. Love, serve, and know. First, though, we're going to go to Scripture because these three things are founded and rooted in the Word of God. Amen? Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 43. Go ahead and look on the screen or follow along in Scripture if you have it with you in front of you. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. We see here first in verse 42, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. Fellowship is where we get our first point, number one, which is love. There we go. All right. Awesome. Love is who Jesus is. It's who God is. It's his nature. It's its character. One thing we really want to instill in our chapel youth students is love isn't just a bubbly feeling that you see in movies and on social media all the time. It's a commitment. It's sacrifice. It was personified in Jesus himself when he came to earth and died for our sins. And that's really something that we want to communicate to our chapel youth. One way we do this is really pushing the evangelism aspect of our faith. I am a firm believer that there are so many amazing churches right here in Tulsa, right in this community that we live in. It's awesome. And I do not want to be taking other youth or taking other students from these churches. That's not my goal. There are so many students in Tulsa, in the surrounding communities that need Jesus. They need a life-transforming power of the Holy Spirit working in their lives. And that's what we want to go after. So for our kids and our students, that aspect of evangelism is very important to us. And one example of this was a couple weeks ago. We had an awesome event at Light the Night. Students, let me know if you had a good time at Light the Night. That's what I'm talking about. Here we go. All right. Light the Night happened a couple weeks ago. We had inflatables, a mechanical bullet. It was a fun time. But the main goal of that was students, we want you to bring your friends. We want you to invite people because they're going to have a good time, but they're also going to hear the gospel. They're going to need to hear the life-saving, the life-transforming power of the gospel. And that was just one example. We saw around 130, 140 7th through 12th graders come through. And they all were exposed to the gospel. We saw salvation that night. That's just one example of what we really try to instill in chapel youth as far as love is concerned. I'm going to move on to point number two, and that's serve. Everybody say serve. serve. Let's roll. Serve. Really in chapel youth, when it comes to serving, we see serving as ownership. Serving his ownership. Not only did Jesus serve his disciples and the ones that he led, okay, but he also led in love and in knowing them. The reason we serve at Chapel Youth is because we are putting others before ourselves. And we do that because we want to prepare our kids to serve in the local church and they become adults someday. We don't want them just to snuff out or to fail to really stay rooted and consistent in a church. We want them to be established in a church and in a, as an adult. And through that, we are trying to help instill that in them in their 7th through 12th grade years. So one way we do this is through squads. Squads is something that we rolled out this fall. And it's just giving the youth an opportunity to not just show up on a Wednesday night, hang near the back and chill out but to get involved in their church community, whether that's on the worship team, whether that's in the media booth, whether that's taking pictures and photos, leading small groups. We want our kids plugged in, and this is a huge aspect to the serve portion of what we believe is at the core of chapel youth. Not only that, we have our amazing college students that have been such a blessing helping us out in chapel youth. That's the one of the biggest ways you can get involved as a college student is serving at the local church. And I know I've been blessed. Our ministry's been blessed. 
by the heart and the will to serve from these college students in our ministry. So if you're a Chapel College student and you're looking for a way to get involved, we'd love to connect you to our youth group, but there's so many other places you get involved. Kids, host team, many other areas as well. So serve is another massive component to what we do at Chapel Youth. And number three, we're going to go on to know. Everybody say no. Knowing each other. Knowing each other. Now, this is the third and the final point that I wanted to bring this morning because knowing takes time. You can't just show up on a Wednesday, maybe like once or twice a month or really even every Wednesday for a month and have a one-hour experience and expect to deeply know every single person in your youth group or every single person in your community. Knowing takes time. It takes investment. It doesn't just take being in proximity around others, but really getting to invest into their lives and getting to know them deeply. One way we do this in Chapel Youth is through our D groups that stands for discipleship groups. And they happen when you guys go to home groups on a Sunday night, the first and third Sunday of the month. These D groups are a time for students to exit the corporate setting of praise and worship uh, where they're all together on a Wednesday night and really get to break down with kids of their same gender, same age, and get to have conversations with each other and also just to hang out. These are valuable, valuable times that we have here at Chapel Youth. Not only that, we're instilling prayer nights, second and fourth Sundays of each month, where we really believe in the power of prayer and prayer in community with one another. But it doesn't just stop here on a gathering, one hour here, two hours there. The big aspect of knowing somebody is getting to spend time with them outside of these established settings. So we really try to encourage our kids Hey, you should be hanging out with people because as you grow and as you become an adult, you need to be rooted in a community where you all believe the same things and you're pursuing Christ. Because if that community is not established and not rooted now, it's going to fall away. It's going to falter. And I, I know I've seen guys that I grew up with that didn't really fully commit to that community and found community in other areas, those imitation communities that Pastor Chris talked about a couple weeks ago. And they're floundering in life right now. And that's not the vision and that's not the goal for what we have for our youth. Love, serve, no. I'm going to end with the story. It's about you, Angelo. Wave, Angelo. This is Angelo right here. Angelo, yes. Angelo is one of our leaders in chapel youth. Um, he's an amazing guy. If you haven't gotten to know him, you will because he's very extroverted. <laughs> uh, but he, he's somebody that exemplifies this love, serve, no here at chapel youth and what we really believe. Um, he goes out of his way every Sunday morning, every Wednesday morning, uh, to pick up one, two students and to bring them to church on Sunday and Wednesday. He doesn't have to do that, but out of the love of Christ in his heart, he does. He's serving with his time, his gas money, with everything. Not only that, he's getting to spend time with these guys, getting to know them. And through that, we expect for that to grow and to multiply, where if people are being invested to in that way, they're going to want to invest in others the same. So I'm going to return to our scripture here real fast. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 and 43. We covered that first verse, and I'm going to talk just very briefly about the second. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And here's verse 43. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. We see that they devoted themselves. They broke bread. They invited others into their home. They had fellowship. They loved one another. And then we see that everybody was filled with awe at the many signs and wonders that took place. These signs and wonders 
are revelations of truth, revelations of knowledge, miracles, salvations. And guys, I firmly believe not only in chapel youth, but for Christian chapel, we commit to this community. We can see the same things take place today. Same things take place in our youth groups, in our kids' ministries, in our church today. I'm going to go ahead and close in prayer, and then Pastor Chris is going to wrap it up with one final video over our chapel youth. Just go ahead and join with me. Father, we lift up our chapel youth to you. We lift up our college students. We lift up our young people. And we lift up our entire church. We all have a calling to be that older generation. I just pray that you begin instilling vision, mission for lives over kids in chapel youth that they would know that you love them, that you care for them, that you're there for them. Father, would you just begin to use the Holy Spirit to speak in their lives, use the Holy Spirit to draw connections to them in the church, outside the church, and would your love permeate everything and everybody, and may we put you first and seek your kingdom. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Amy and Pastor Titus. I hope you enjoyed listening to them as much as I enjoyed preparing this message with them. I want to leave us today with a final encouragement to our parents and to our leaders about how we can build community. David tells us in Psalm 145 verse 13, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. It's a wonderful reminder to us this morning that next generation investments will always pay off. Now for us as followers of Jesus, we should want to invest our lives in things that matter and we should want to invest our lives in things that will work. What David promises us in Psalm 145 is that one generation will commend your works to the next generation. That generation will internalize those, will experience a relationship with God for themselves, and they will share it with those coming after them. God's kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. It is not going to be stopped. And so you and I should gladly and joyfully do everything we can to invest our lives into those who are coming behind us. And again, that is true for the junior hires who are in the room with us this morning, the high schoolers, the college students. As long as there is someone younger than you in the church, you bear a responsibility towards them. Now, your investment doesn't necessarily mean that everyone who is younger than you will follow Jesus, but it does mean that many of them will. And those who follow him will invest in the kingdom, will take personal responsibility for those who are coming after them, and they will lead many others into relationship with them. Parents, I, I want to give you a couple, just two or three short encouragements for what it looks like for us as moms and dads to take responsibility for particularly our kids and helping them experience community so that they can be part of this everlasting kingdom that David talks about in Psalm 145. The first thing parents can do is parents have to model community for their children. You can't just tell your kids what to do. You have to show them how to do it. If you're following Jesus and you're living in community, your children should know who your people are. They should know who your close friends are. They should know who the people are that help you when you're feeling down, that help you solve problems. They should know who the people are that you enjoy hanging out with and being around. It's not enough for us as parents to tell our kids that they need Christian community. We have to show them what it looks like. I'm sure you've learned in many areas as a parent that your kids pay more attention to what you do than to what you say. And so as you model community for your children, you make it more likely that they will experience it in their life. 
The second thing that we can do as parents is we can prioritize community for our kids. We know it's not always easy to live in community. It takes an investment of time, effort, and energy. And sometimes for a young child, for a teenager, for a college student, it can be hard to experience community. And so especially when your kids are at home in those preschool, elementary, junior high, even high school years, one of the jobs of a parent is to prioritize the things that are important for their children. Now, the things you think are important aren't always the things that your kids think are important, but that's why you're the dad. That's why you're the mom. That's why God has put you in this position. So if you believe community is important, then you've got to calendar it for your family. It's got to be a priority for you. I know for Angie and I, our our kids are, are now in high school, those late junior high years, and it's a constant battle. Everything our kids love to do, there's a line of people waiting to take all of their time and all of our money to help them do it more and do it better. And so from from our earliest entry into sports and into school, Angie and I made the decision that we were going to prioritize community, prioritize the local church for our children. So we set some hard and fast rules for our kids about Sunday morning games and Sunday night practices and Wednesday night activities. And we prioritized them finding their place in this chapel kids and chapel youth community. That meant saying no to some opportunities. It meant having some difficult conversations with coaches and with other parents and players. It meant going against the grain of, hey, you've got to give your kid every opportunity if they're going to succeed. But the reason we did that and the reason I want to encourage you to do that is everything your child is interested in now, from sports to athletics to extracurricular activities to their school, all of that is important. It's good. It's fun. But ultimately, it's all temporary. The one eternal thing you have been called to give your kids as a follower of Christ is every opportunity to say yes to Jesus and every opportunity to take their place in community. And so as a parent, you have to prioritize that for your kids. You do it with their school. You do it with the food that they eat. You do it in all kinds of areas. It's not always easy. But if we're going to be brutally honest, most of our kids are not going to be on the Broadway show. They're not going to be the next big thing. They're not going to be the professional athlete. They're probably not going to be the president of the United States. Now, if God calls them to those things, that's great and wonderful, but he will not call them to do things that they can only accomplish at the expense of Christian community. The plans God has for your kids always involve a relationship with Jesus and a place in a community of faith. And as parents, we have to prioritize that for them. The the third thing that parents can teach their kids is perseverance in community. Just like for adults, community is not always easy for kids and for teenagers. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes they're awkward. Sometimes other people are awkward. Sometimes they feel too cool for a group of of believers. Sometimes they don't feel cool enough for a group of believers. But our job as parents is to teach our kids, even when it's hard, we persevere in community because this is how God has made us. We don't just bounce from one place to the next, to the next, to the next. We're not Goldilocks looking for just the right bed. We are followers of Jesus and we will persevere on the path that he has for us. And then I also want to give some attention to our leaders in the room. And when I say leaders in the room, again, I mean all of us, because we all have a responsibility to lead those who are coming behind us. And as leaders, there are a couple things we can do for the next generation. The first, we can make a commitment that we will pray for the next generation. 
We're going to pray that they hear God's voice. We're going to pray that they are able to see his activity in the world. We're going to pray that they will walk in close relationship with Jesus and they will be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to pray that the scriptures will come alive to them. We're going to pray that they have personal encounters with God. We're going to pray that they see their prayers answered, that they see what it means to be a witness for Christ in the world. We're going to pray that they will live like light in darkness. We're going to pray that they will be the modern day Abrahams and Isaacs and Jacobs, the modern day Moses, the modern day Esther, that they will stand for Christ wherever he has placed them. We're going to pray for them over and over and over again. And every time we see a new story, every time we get a feeling that the world is going from bad to worse, it's not going to inspire us to go down dark, depressing paths, but instead it's going to inspire us to pray that not only will God help the next generation survive, but he will help them thrive as his sons, as his daughters, and as the leaders of the church. The second thing that leaders can do is they can give to the next generation. And we don't just mean give financially to support ministries like Chapel Kids and Chapel Youth, though that's important. What we mean is give opportunities for the next generation to take their place with us as leaders in the church. Give them space at the table. Give them a voice in conversation. Give them an opportunity to use the gifts God has given them. Give them the ability to speak into the life of the church, into the, the ways that God is moving in the culture. It requires a position of humility from us as leaders to engage in forms of reverse mentoring, where we sit down with those who are younger than us and don't just say, let me tell you what to do, but also come with questions of what is God saying to you? How is God leading you and encouraging them in that process? And then the, the last thing we can do as leaders is we can serve the next generation. We can engage with Pastor Titus and Pastor Amy. We can do everything we can to make it as easy as possible for those coming behind us to experience Jesus. That means we're, we're willing to serve by giving up some of our personal preferences. We're willing to serve by embracing some things that they enjoy that maybe we don't really like all that much. But we understand we're living for a higher calling. We're living for a higher purpose. We have been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, not just for our benefit, not just for the benefit of others who are our age, but for the benefit of all of those who are coming behind us. The true success story of every generation is not how much they accomplished in their time. It's what kind of legacy and how much was done by those who were coming behind them. I'm so thankful to be part of a church like Christian Chapel. For almost 50 years, we have been investing in those who've come behind us. My life, my ministry, every good thing that God has done for me is the result of those who've gone before me, investing in me, praying for me, opening doors. I wanna do that for those coming after me. I want you to do that for those coming after all of us. Will you please stand with me? I wanna pray for us. And then the band's gonna come and lead us in a final song this morning. Jesus, we thank you that you have called us and empowered us to be a multi-generational church. We thank you, Lord, that you have a purpose and a plan for every child, for every student, for every young adult, for every mom and dad, for every grandma and grandpa, that regardless of our age, we have a place in your family and we have a place in this family. So Lord, will you help us to look past the divisions of generations and to see that we are all a part of what you're doing in this season in our world and in this season at Christian Chapel. Give us eyes to see those who are coming behind us, Lord, that you're calling us to invest in and help us Lord, to be willing to lay down our preferences, to pray for them, to give them opportunities to serve alongside of with us and to do 
everything we can to make it as easy as possible for them to hear your voice and do what you say. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christian Chapel. For more information, visit us online at christianchapel.com.